0: You are listening to the St John's Diamond Creek podcast. This episode presented by Associate Minister Kirk McKenzie.
1: Our reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, uh, from chapter twenty, uh, verses one to eighteen. but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I do not know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks be to God.
0: Thank you, Warwick. Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. Uh, my name's Kirk on staff here. And today we're going to talk about how the resurrection of Jesus elevates the story of Easter from a nice, story about sacrifice, an admirable story about sacrifice, to a world-changing event that is relevant to everyone, everywhere, ever. Now, uh, if you're here with us on Good Friday, either online or in person, uh, you would have seen a whole bunch of pictures uh, sort of put in a cross formation up on the stage here, and they were pictures of cups, uh, top-down pictures of cups as if we're, we're looking down from above, and uh, they helped us to understand the Easter story, they helped us to think about the Easter story. Uh, The first cup, uh, maybe if we get an image of the first cup up there, uh, was full of sludge, you know, sort of an icky sort of mixture, something you wouldn't want to drink because that represented evil uh, and sin and the the stuff that that we humans, we bring into the world uh, that causes all sorts of problems uh, and that God's not happy about and that deserves punishment. And then as we went through the pictures, uh, notice that the the sludge starts to disappear and uh, gets smaller and smaller as the story went on. And the idea was, by the time we got to this image here, that Jesus had drunk it all up. Let's just go back to the previous image. So Jesus had drunk all of that up uh, and dealt with our sin and our evil for us. That was the story of... Good Friday, uh, that Jesus had coped with, had dealt with um, all the problems that our sin causes. And so we're going to then focus on this image that I have behind us today, uh, the, the seventh image of the body of Christ, and we'll, we'll talk about that for um, a, a little bit later on in the talk, but let's go back to the previous one. I just want to sit with the previous image for a moment. How do you feel about... What Jesus did on the cross. Yeah, you know, he died. How do you feel about it? I was talking to my kids about this just the other day. They're six and nine years old. And we talked about the events of Good Friday and all Jesus did on the cross. And I asked them, how do you feel about it? And one of them answered, cosy, cosy. So cosy, cosy, I'm reliably informed, is Italian for I feel kind of good and bad at the same time. You know, I'm sort of a little bit in in the middle of it. They said, well, they felt good about it because it was great to know that they were forgiven for their sins. It's great to know that God loved them so much that they would send Jesus to deal with evil and to the sacrifice that Jesus made and all those positive things that come with what Jesus did. But they also felt bad that Jesus had to die and to go through all the horrible things that he went through and that the the story sort of ended up with Jesus being dead. And so they had this sense of feeling cosy-cosy about it. Uh, We ran a special Good Friday service a few years ago and um, a friend of mine said, oh, they really liked it, but they didn't feel great at the end of it because of the intensity of the story and because of what Jesus had to go through. So appreciated the service but didn't feel great. Didn't, didn't love it, really. And the thing is, we know and we appreciate and we respect stories of sacrifice in our culture, and a lot of cu- cultures do this, don't they? You know, where we, we know that when somebody goes through something hard on behalf of others, that we appreciate that. You know, somebody uh, dies or goes through suffering so that others don't have to. That, those stories are often honoured In our culture, we respect that sort of thing. Uh, I would argue that Anzac Day is a really good example of that. You know, where we appreciate the hardship that some people have had to go through in the order that others didn't have to. So, this is stuff that we know. You know, we know these stories and we go, yeah, we, we appreciate this. And a lot of people, when they hear the story of Jesus, are tempted to just leave it there and go, yeah. I can sort of get behind Jesus to an extent. He was a good guy, you know, like he seemed to care about people and he seemed to have some pretty great values and he really, he lived it out. He took it right to the end. And we respect people who do that. And so we just go, yeah, well, maybe Jesus' story is one that we should pay attention to and we should respect and maybe we should listen to some of his teaching, but we'll just leave it there. Because it's just another one of those stories, like many others that we have throughout history, that we could learn from and then you know, just sort of put it in the mix. Why would you, but why would you worship Jesus? Why would you commit your life to following Jesus? Why do Christians lay down their life to follow Jesus? That, that's a whole other level. And that's where the resurrection is so important. That's why we get to the point where... We become disciples of Jesus. That's where we get to the point where we sing these songs of worship to Jesus. That's where we we call ourselves Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, Christians, Christians. Because of the resurrection. The resurrection is what takes it to the next level. That's what makes the story of Jesus relevant to everyone ever. Because... It's not just the story of sacrifice, we also have this incredible miracle of Jesus defeating death, returning to life days later, and then setting the world uh, and his followers on this whole new trajectory and this new vision with this whole new purpose. So that's what makes this story uh, greater and elevates it to a whole new level. Also acknowledge that it is what makes this story harder to believe. So if you're with us today and you're not currently a Christian, we'll just want to acknowledge that. Or even for Christians as well, it is harder to believe because of, it's a, because of the miracle, like people don't come back to life. That's just, you know, that's the, the way things are, um, particularly after days and days of being dead. So it does set that bar for believing in Jesus a lot higher. That entry level is a lot more difficult because of the miracle of the resurrection. Now, I can't prove to you that Jesus rose from the dead. That would be um, an impossible task. I can't can't disprove it either. But there are some things in today's passage that would help us to start taking the possibility of Jesus rising from the dead seriously. See, the book of John, which is where our reading comes from today, uh, is one of four biographies of Jesus' life written by people who knew Jesus. And there's some interesting little details in today's passage that would prompt us to start going, oh, okay, let's take this seriously. This doesn't seem like a work of fiction. This doesn't seem like a story that you would make up just to inspire people or, you know, some sort of fairy tale just to get people to learn a moral or something like this. There seems to be some details in here that are a bit unexpected. So let me give you some examples. So John, one of Jesus' closest friends, uh, he wrote this in the th- uh, third person. So um, he doesn't refer to himself as I, but he refers to himself indirectly. And so we think he's talking about himself here in chapter 20. And in verse 5, he's, we think he's describing himself when he says, he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. So he's got to the tomb where Jesus is being buried And he doesn't go in, but he looks down into the tomb and he sees the linen, the material that Jesus' body has been wrapped in, but he decides not to go in. So, okay, all right, we're getting a bit of extra detail there. doesn't seem that important, but okay. Then Simon Peter, his friend, who is um, lagging behind a little bit, he came along behind him and he went straight into the tomb and he saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. So we're getting a lot of description of linen right here at this amazing story that we're hearing. Position of linen and so on. Again, I'm not sure huge significance here, but this is what we're getting. Um, and then finally, the other disciple, again, John referring to himself, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. And you go, what did he believe exactly? Oh, then we get a clarification. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead, So John's saying, well, at that point, they believed that Jesus' body had been taken from the tomb, but they weren't believing that he's actually alive again at that point. So we get this sort of very specific detail about what those two people were believing at that particular point. And so we're going, what's all this detail about who got in there there first and and then I got there first, but I didn't go in, and then he got there second and he went in and then I went in and the, the linen was here and there, and then we believe this there but then later on we believed that he really was risen from the dead like what he's summarizing three years of Jesus life in this biography it's not that long if you're a fast reader you could knock it off before lunchtime if you started now you know like you you can you can read it pretty quickly why if you're summarizing three years of Jesus life are you putting these details in well one theory is because they were there this actually happened. John and Peter were actually there, and they're just putting in some details about what actually happened. They didn't make it up. Also, they knew Mary, who we read about, You know, she was the sort of second part of our reading today. They were friends with Mary, and she would have told them what happened, and she would have mentioned that extra detail again, which doesn't seem to have particular significance, that she didn't immediately recognize Jesus. Who did she think he was? The gardener. Why did we need to know that? Well, we didn't, really. (laughs) We didn't. We could have just said, oh, Jesus was there. That would have been enough information. But we get this extra information that she thought he was the gardener. The New Testament, particularly the biographies of Jesus, is full of these little incidental details that would prompt us to start taking these seriously historical documents it doesn't prove that jesus rose from the dead as i said but these are little small steps that help us to go oh okay this is not just complete rubbish this is not just you know complete fantasy made up so when you start there then you can start doing your own research and you'll see that there's more and more compelling reasons to take the resurrection of jesus seriously and uh, you can do that in your own time and you can let us know if you need some help and we can point you in different directions. Um, and you can start going, okay, there's more and more reasons to take the resurrection of Jesus seriously. Again, it's a miracle. It's a hard thing to believe in, but there is plenty of evidence to take it seriously. I also want to give you the heads up though and say, okay. it's not gonna, we can't prove it to you. You can't prove it one way or the other. You can't prove that he did rise from the dead You can't completely disprove it either. And so you're going to have to... At some point, it's going to be a faith thing, okay? Uh, There's going to be a step of faith, and you're going to need God's help with that. Um, It's not going to be a blind leap of faith into the darkness, but you could have an educated step of faith to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But as we build our confidence in the resurrection of Jesus... We don't need to feel cosy-cosy about what happened on the cross. Why? Because he's not dead. He's risen. He's back. And he's doing really well. Uh, And he's defeated death, actually. Not only did he deal with our sin, but he's defeated death. And he's given us a, a purpose and a focus here on Earth, And this is where we come to the idea of being part of the body of Christ. Uh, this idea that uh, it's not just that we've been rescued from our problems, but actually that life here as followers of Jesus uh, is um, now part of this group of people who follow Jesus together and that Jesus is going to work with us to give us a, a purpose and a focus together and that there's incredible benefits to that. Sometimes there's this unfortunate idea ar- around Christianity that really all you're doing is saying I believe in Jesus so that when you die you get to go to heaven and then you just basically hang out in life and you wait for that to happen. <laughs> and that's a really unfortunate because then you miss out on all the incredible benefits of actually the great things about being part, a follower of Jesus while you've still got your body and while your body's still, still, still working here on earth. And so benefits of being the body of Christ is great. And so if we have the image back, um, the image here is of a full cup, and it's not full of the sludge and all the horrible stuff. Uh, it's full of a tasty beverage, wine most likely. Uh, I, I assume the illustrator had wine in mind because that's the, uh, the drink that Jesus um, shared with his disciples before he died, and the drink that he got them to say, when you drink this, remember me. Um, but the idea being that it's, right, it's filled right to the top, you know, it's right to the brim, it's about to overflow. There's so much good things about being part of the body of Christ. I and mean, you think about it like this. Think about all the good Jesus did with his body. If you know the stories, Jesus did amazing teaching, he did a whole bunch of healing, He set people free from evil and oppression. He uh, said incredible things about um, the way we care for the poor. He had incredible relationships with people. Just the way he went about relating with people brought incredible freedom and, and change to people's lives. He brought grace into the world with his body. Grace is the undeserved, unearned love of God. We're told in the Bible that he was full of grace when he entered the world in his body. And so he brought God's love into the world with his body. He used his body to bring that into the world. And so now think about what it means to be together the body of Christ. Okay, that means that we together, if you're a follower of Jesus, we get to do those sorts of things that Jesus did with his body together with our bodies and we get his help. Uh, he gives us his spirit so that you know we're not just doing, you know, we're not as good as Jesus, but we get his help along the way. And we get to participate in all those great things that Jesus did. Jesus actually said it's better this way because he only had one body, and now he's got you know, hundreds of millions. <laughs> Mary, I reckon when Mary saw Jesus risen. She would have been very, very excited. Whoa, Jesus Jesus is back. Wow. Possibly a bit intimidated too. He's like, oh, but like, whoa, he's alive. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Um, And that's kind of how I feel about being part of the body of Christ. It's a very exciting thing, uh, but it's also there's sort of a big responsibility there, and that can be intimidating Uh, To represent Jesus is a serious responsibility, Um, but as I said, it brings with it a great excitement as well. So if you're a follower of Jesus, I I reckon potentially last year would have been a challenge to maintain that connection with the body of Christ, right? Because we were isolated just by the nature of the pandemic. Perhaps this year is the year to just Reconnect and to work out okay, going forward, how am I going to keep participating in the body of Christ and how am I going to be like Jesus with my body, um, with others here in, in the you know, going forward into the future years as we work out what life looks like uh, this year and going forward. Um, and then, if you're not a follower of Jesus, the invitation is always there to become a Christian. We believe that following Jesus and being in a loving relationship with Jesus is the best thing you can possibly do in life. And as you think about that invitation, know that that invitation is there to become part of the body of Christ, to get on board with this this vision and this purpose that Jesus has for our life, not just after we die, but right now. And it's an exciting purpose that Jesus has for each of us. And you're invited to become and be part of that. To help you along the way with that, we have some resources that we'd love to share with you today. And we have a couple of booklets that you might like to take with you. Um, These are available in our foyer, which you can um, take one for free on your way out. Uh, So there's the Why Easter and Why Jesus booklets. Pretty much the same content in either of these, so take your pick. Um, And they give you a really good summary of why you would follow Jesus and what the story of Jesus is all about. Um, so, do grab one of those on your way out um, if you'd like to take one, or take one for a friend um, as well if you think they'd benefit from it. We also have the story, the biography that John wrote about Jesus um, available, free copies of that. Um, so, you can grab one of those on your way out as well. Um, and if you'd like to talk further about what it means to follow Jesus, then we'd love to have a chat with you as well. Um, now, you can do that in person today. Find someone who's been up here leading throughout the service and have a chat um, as as you're able in the foyer out the front, that sort of thing, after the service. Or if you need to head off quickly or if you're watching online, then head to our website, uh, stjohnsdc.org.au, and click the Connect option there um, and let us know that you're keen to keep talking about Jesus and we'll get in contact with you during the holidays and that... Um, and yeah, we'll get, So leave us your contact number or email or something and we'll get in contact with you and work out the best way to do that. Uh, also, if you're watching on YouTube, there are some links there which make that pretty easy. You can just click one of those links, the connect link, um, and that will be the easiest way to do that. So there's a few steps that you can take if you'd like to investigate Jesus further and find out
1: what it means to be part of the body of Christ.